Welcome to Zion Impact Ministries, the local assembly of the Kingdom Community of Believers. As you listen to this message, we pray that God establishes the governing influence of Christ Jesus in your life through fellowship and the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Without spoken, let's go to the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Amen. So can we just come forward and fill the, the chairs every day? And hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Robert, can you just um, reduce the volume slightly? So every time, my, my wife is always telling me that. My Your wife. Your wife. Your, who is she? Who is she? We, we don't know her. We don't know her. We don't know her. My God. Hallelujah. Your wife. She's always telling me that my 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 voice is on like the highest volume. <laughs> so we can be there, and then she just tell me that oh, like I'm just here. But <laughs> Hallelujah. So I, I don't sound too loud to myself. Amen. 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 So let's let's be on our feet, and then let's give one not too many nice to you. I just want to thank God for the life of Apostle. Thank him for the grace on his life. Thank God for. Our resident pastors, Bishop Botry and Reverend Sami. Oh, is that what you are doing for them? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we want to thank God for all the ordained pastors, all the ministers, all the church workers, and then yourself. Just give God glory. Just give God glory. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Okay. You can please take your seats. So this morning, I just want to... to Take us through a, a, a little teaching, and um, I want us to prepare our hearts and our minds for what God has for us. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 I believe that the Lord shall move in our midst, and the Lord shall do a new thing in our lives. Hallelujah. Amen. There's this song that is in my spirit, but it's in tree, so I'm trying to, to see whether the key is correct. Hallelujah. Okay. Amen. But let's just... Let's just of our hearts, just acknowledge God's presence, acknowledge that God has, has established transformation branch through his vessel for the propagation of his gospel. Just give God thanks, sit within yourself and, and bless the Lord. Thank God for, for another opportunity to be in his presence. Thank God for another opportunity to, to hear of his word. Not many people have the luxury of receiving from the Lord as much as we do. But just thank God for his blessing. Thank God for his covering. Thank God for his, his mercy in our lives. Just thank God. 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 So. Montaña e aceda Moria
I want to say thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you, Father, for your grace in this house. Thank you, Father, for your presence in this place. I ask, O oh God, that Lord, may I reduce, O oh God, to the barest minimum of all. That, Father, you shall exalt yourself, O oh God, through your word. Father, I pray for my brothers and my sisters. I ask, O oh God, that, Lord, may their hearts, O oh God, be well prepared, O oh God, to receive what you have for us, O oh God, this morning. And I declare that, Lord, we shall not leave here the same we came, O oh God. That we shall leave here knowing and having an experience, O oh God, with your word and with your wisdom. With your word and with your wisdom. Even in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Oh, amen. Yes. So this morning, I just want to, to teach on something brief. Um, it's my prayer that the Lord shall help us all. Hallelujah. As we know, this month is a month of righteousness, peace, joy, and thanksgiving to the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And I think for a while now, we've, over the last two or three weeks, I believe, we've had Reverend Sami and Reverend Selassie um, build on, a, a, I think, some very crucial things that we need to, to uphold in our Christianity. Amen. Can, can you guys hear me? Yeah. Okay. And... I just want to build on those things that they, 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 they started with. Um, and if you remember, the first thing that Baron Sami preached last two weeks or three, I believe, was on the subject of an encounter. And he used the story of Peter being mesmerized by the works of the Lord. And then he was compelled to now, you know, admit his sins and admit that, you know, he was a sinner. And he was just overwhelmed with the, with the power that the Lord displayed. Amen. And the last two weeks, I believe, or well, last week, sorry, Erin Selassie began to teach on a subject of, of following, where she said that, yes, you've had an encounter, and what's the next thing to do? And she said, the next thing that we're supposed to do after having an encounter is to follow. Do you guys remember? Awesome. Awesome. And so, those are the two main things that we, we studied, which was on encounter and on following. Amen. So, I'm just trying to lay a foundation. Just, just follow me nicely. Amen. So, in these two main things, on encounter and following, what I want to build on today and for the purpose of the media recording, it's basically on the essence of the gospel. You can do the semicolon or whatever, the one with the dots and the, the other comma. So the essence of the gospel of Jesus, semicolon, the repented heart. Hallelujah. The essence of the gospel of Christ, the repented heart. Amen. Oh, hallelujah, are you with me? Yes. Anytime that you hear the word of God coming, the book of Proverbs gives us an admonishment that wisdom is the principal thing. And in getting wisdom, you need to get understanding. Hallelujah. Understanding. One thing that I realized in my little walk on this earth is that many times you see that people are doing things and they seem to just be doing it out of, you know, I need to do this task or um, they've given me something to do, so let me do it. Or, or my father said, let me do so I'm going to do it. Very few people walk with understanding of what they are doing. So when that happens, you see that you are not necessarily growing from the activities or the tasks that you are doing. You are just more or less just doing some, yes, a master kind of attitude. It doesn't bring growth. Hallelujah. Yeah. What I want us to understand now is that any time that you hear or you see a man of God picking a microphone to speak or you are listening on a sermon or on YouTube or whatever, your mindset should be that in, in the words that the man of God or woman of God will speak, beyond that, it's an understanding that you need to receive. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 And so for today, we are going to speak about the essence of the gospel and the repented heart. One thing that we need to, to know, child of God, is that there are many aspects of the gospel of Jesus. We've, we had a, a month of evangelism in November, and we all went out. And for some of us, we learned how to, you know, or we were learning how to flow in Christ to evangelize. What you realize is that for many of us, or for some of us, you see that as you began to speak to people, and they probably ask you questions back, it's more or less tested your depth of knowledge or your conviction in Christianity. Amen? Amen. And so there are many concepts that people have believed over time. Amen. And for us, I mean, most of us know that, yes, the gospel of Christ is, is Jesus coming to die and then um, resurrecting and then now we have salvation. But there are so many ways that we all comprehend the idea of the gospel of Jesus. Hallelujah. 
and it's, it's based on the way we've understood the Word of God from our infancy, from our Sunday schools, from our listening to men of God, and things like that. And then there's also people that have encountered the Word of God. And so when they talk about the gospel of Jesus, you see that the way they are speaking about the gospel and the way that you know the gospel, there's a difference. It's not that the English is, is, is different, but there's just some reality that comes from people who have encountered Jesus or have encountered the personality of his word. Amen? And so the main foundation of anything, of anything, is to know what the gospel really means and what the gospel really is and what Jesus Christ came to establish during his time on earth. Hallelujah. Are you with me? So, there are many things and there are many ways that you would understand the gospel being preached. And there are many ways that you would, you would, you would see people interpret what the gospel is. Hallelujah. Amen. But there's, throughout the scriptures, there's, 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 there's a common theme that, that, that has got to do with the gospel of Jesus. Now, I, I'm, I'm saying this very carefully because we are all Christians, yes. And, and for each one of us, our lives are supposed to be governed by the idea of the gospel of Jesus. Everyone here that has given their lives to Christ, and I believe we've all done so here. If you've not, please wait behind. The rest of me will give you a powerful donation. Hallelujah. Now, every one of us here, with our understanding of the gospel, we need to understand that the gospel of Jesus Christ is one that is as a, 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 a center or a core through which our lives are or our life revolves around. So anything that you can ever think about, any aspiration that you can ever imagine, like Asu was, was telling us about his seven children endeavors, anything that you can understand or try to visualize, it's supposed to be, first of all, premised around the gospel of Jesus. What is the Lord saying regarding you? Amen. Because it's not, it's, 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 it's it's very easy to then understand or imagine that, okay, for us, there are a couple of things that we seek to do. But the primary thing that we need to know is that every action of ours, every word of ours, is around the center of the gospel of Jesus. Everything, everything, and everything that you see here on earth, and everything that, that you, you've understood within the circle of Christianity is premised on the gospel of Jesus. Amen. If it's not making sense, to make sense in a minute. Hallelujah. It's premised on the gospel of Jesus. Hallelujah. Nothing that you would, you, would, you would do around the things of God will be outside the gospel of Jesus. Nothing. And so anytime that you then find yourself doing things or saying things or hearing things that is outside the gospel of Jesus, you'd realize that it either will not last long or it begins to put you in self-doubt. Amen. I was praying with Aaron, my prayer partner this morning. When Rasu uh, was asking us to, to pray for one another. And she said something very similar to what I'm just talking about now. So she understands. But anything that you, 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 you fail to comprehend in the light of Christianity, outside the gospel of Jesus, it casts a doubt on even your own salvation. It casts some kind of doubt on your understanding into Christianity. Because the foundation of your, 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 your salvation is premised on the gospel of Jesus. Hallelujah. So I should have to understand that for the gospel of Christ, it makes up or if it forms the center or the core of everything that we do in Christianity. Hallelujah. I'm not a medical, well, I wanted to do medicine anyway, and then I don't know how Ashesi came. But so I have some some depth of love for medicine. Amen. You would see that the, the, the if you, you 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 read through, there's what we call the clinical death, and there's what we call what's the other name. But essentially, people have their brains failing and then they, they, they die, or they have their hearts failing and then they die. So that's what we call the cardiac arrest. Basically, the heart has stopped, right? And Majority, majority of the time, majority of the time, the last organ to ever to, to stop basically is the heart. That's the last organ that will ever stop. Amen. Stop I'm not saying that the brain can't, 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 can't be the last, but can't be what will, will, will kill you. 
but majority of the time, the last organ that will ever fail is the heart. And I always, I've been telling my wife that I think, I mean, God has a very interesting sense of humor and he makes things very simple, but we don't really see in the simplicity. So we always want to see something very spectacular, like as we were saying. But there are little things that we can infer from that we can see that God is trying to teach us things. I see it this way that indeed the, the, the heart being the last thing to stop, and like the way we've said that the gospel of Jesus Christ is more or less the foundation and the core of everything. The moment you're a Christian or a believer and your gospel or your understanding of the gospel of Jesus Christ is arrested or is stopped. I'm not talking about unbelievers or worldly people. I'm talking about the Christian. The moment your idea or your foundation of the gospel of Jesus Christ is stopped or is ar- arrested, everything in your life will die. I'll take it again. The moment that your core belief and understanding of the gospel of Christ stops or is arrested, the things involving or the things around your life as a Christian will begin to die off. It will begin to die off. And sometimes you can see signs with people that the way they begin to speak, the way they begin to imagine, the way they begin to speak or understand things, it just has a way of death to it. It has a way of death to it. And so you could have people who are evangelists especially or yes people who are evangelists especially will tell you that sometimes because of the, the gifts that they have when they are speaking to people they sense death around the person what they are basically saying is that they are seeing that the salvation of the person is is is, is dwindling or is becoming suspect and that's because your 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 core system of belief is fading away something is 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 given off hallelujah so the main thing of us all here this morning is that, and I'll, I'll go into it a bit, that the, 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 the gospel of Jesus or the, the message of the gospel of Christ is the first thing or is the basis through which every part of your understanding, every part of your endeavor, every part of your ambition as a Christian is based on. I mean so far. Everything that you imagine, everything that you try and aspire to do as a Christian, and I, I keep emphasizing on that, as a Christian, as a believer, is premised on your idea or on your truth on the salvation or on your salvation or on the gospel of Jesus. Amen. Now, so, for, 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 for the gospel, there are key things that every Christian here needs to have within your heart that they make up the gospel of, 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 of Jesus. Remember, we are speaking about the essence of the gospel and the repented heart. Hallelujah. There are key things, or you can call them pillars, through which you, you, you need to imbibe, you need to uphold within yourself. And these things characterize what your idea of the gospel is or what the actual sense of, 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 of the gospel is. Amen. The first thing that you need to note, and, and I began by saying that when you are reading the word or you are, you are seeking to, to, to receive inspiration, you need understanding. Another thing that you need to also have is to have belief. We are holding our Bibles, some hard copy, some of them, most of us digital. If your, 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 your belief in what you are reading, first of all, is shallow, it cannot have any impact in your life. It can't. So if you see the Bible as a storybook, it will be a storybook for you. If you see the Bible as something that guides your steps, it will guide your steps. There's, there's some aspect of life that comes from the Word of God. Because the word of God is God himself. And God is life. Hallelujah. Now, like I was saying, there are certain key pillars of the gospel that each one of us here need to, to understand or need to have in our minds. The first thing, the first thing is the fact that sin exists. Or existed. Or exists, depending on how you're looking at it. The first thing is the fact of sin. The fact of sin. If you look at Romans 3 verse 23, it says that for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's what the Bible is saying. It's a fact. It's true. Again, that's if you believe in the scriptures. If you believe in the scriptures like you and I, the first thing to note, or the first pillar of the gospel of Jesus Christ to note, is that all have sinned. Sin existed. Sin indeed was manifested. Hallelujah. The next thing that you need to understand is that that sin has a penalty. 
that sin has a penalty. There's a punishment that comes to that sin. And if you look at the book of Romans, I believe, Romans 5 verse 12, it says that for the wage of sin is... No, sorry. Um, sorry, Romans 5 verse 12. Let me just read it. It's talking about the penalty of, of sin. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, thus death spread to all men because all sin. The penalty of sin is death. So the first fact is that sin existed. The next thing is that sin has a punishment, and that punishment is death. Anyone that sins dies. We're not going to talk about how the death went from Adam, Sam, and all of that. But the second thing I want us to know is that there's a penalty of sin. Hallelujah. The third thing is that this penalty requires a payment. It requires a, 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 a redemption. Hallelujah. If you look at the book of Hebrews 9 verse 22, it says, And according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood. And without shedding of blood, there's no remission. Death requires some level of redemption. We are seeing here that the redemption or the, the price paid to, 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 to be saved from death is blood. So we know many stories in the Old Testament where people are killing animals left, right, and offering sacrifices to the Lord. That idea stems all the way back from the Old Testament, knowing that they need to give off blood. The Bible says, for, the life of, for, for there's life in the blood. That's a fair thing, that there's a penalty, there's a, there's a way that the penalty is paid or paid for. Hallelujah. The fourth thing is that, in truth, Christ paid this penalty. Christ paid this penalty. Ephesians 1 verse 7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood. Hallelujah. In him we have redemption through his blood. That's the fourth thing. The fifth thing is that salvation is a gift. Salvation is a gift. Ephesians 2 from verse 8 to 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith and not and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So again, salvation now what is a gift because Christ, the Redeemer, has paid the price, has shed blood for the remission of sin to counter death, which resulted from what? Sin. Hallelujah. Are you still with me? You're going somewhere. Amen. And, and the, the, the fifth thing, or the last thing, is what we call, or in English, they call it... Um, the volition, volition, F A instead of F, V, V O, L U T I O N. The volition, Hallelujah, which is basically the will power, the will power, the power to choose, Hallelujah, the power to choose what you want to believe, Amen. John, John three, and I love this one of my best um, scriptures. It paints the picture of salvation very beautifully, like I've we've mentioned on the 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 the. This is the six pillars. I'll just go over them again. Number one is the fact of sin. Number two is the penalty of sin. Number three is the payment of the penalty. Number four is Christ paid that penalty. Number five is salvation is a gift. And number six is the volition. And we, I would like to use John 3 from verse 14. It says that even as Moses was lifted up in the desert, even so the Son of Man must be lifted up. Verse 15, that anyone or whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Verse 16 then says that, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, but whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Then verse 17 goes on to say that, God did not send his son into the world to condemn us, but that the world through him will be saved. Then verse 18 talks about the fact that, so those that believe are not going to be condemned. But those that are condemned are condemned because they do not believe in God's Son whom He sent. Verse 19 talks about the fact that, and so God's judgment then, therefore, is that light came into the world, but people rejected the light. And because they rejected the light, they fell into their own sin. Amen. So, John 3 from verse 14 downwards gives you the picture of the pillars of the gospel I'm talking about here. Amen. These are truths, you can't go against them. The moment you, you, you begin to question them, which I don't want to say is okay to do that, 
but the moment you begin to doubt and question some of these methods or processes, you need to check your salvation. Hallelujah. You need to really check your salvation. The way, there's a way that um, Apostle always teaches us about, about the, the gospel. And, and it's basically, he tells us, it's more or less Jesus Christ coming down and saying that, come home. Come home. So there, there have been a lot of things that you've seen so far. There have been a lot of ways that we've, we've heard so far. But then come home. Hallelujah. And, 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 and for that, the reason that you see that the devil attacks your finances, attacks your marriage, attacks your whatever that, that you find yourself in, in going through is because he's not coming for those things. No. What he's seeking to do is to take your faith, to take your call. Amen. And like I was saying, I find, like I was saying that I, 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 it's amazing that God has a way of, of humor on how he paints things. So upon all the things that, that he describes with the, the armor of God, he says that you should put on the breastplate of righteousness. That thing is not around your head or around your leg or around anything, but it's part of your heart. Amen? Because the core thing, the core thing that the devil is coming for is the thing that begins to kill everything else of your faith or of your system. Hallelujah. The core thing, the core thing of your existence, short of God, is your understanding or how you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. If it's not premised under these six pillars, you will find out that there's something about yourself that you are lacking. That you are lacking. We're not going to go into that today, but the pillars of the gospel of Christ are what keep your salvation firm and intact. Firm and intact. So people that, like Reverend Samuel has been doing over time, you can go out and be speaking to people because for some reason, evangelists have that part of their grace heightened, I should say. I'm saying this carefully. Such that what they speak about is, 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 is very grounded on what they believe in. So it's very difficult for you, to, for you to see them being shy or faint about what they are trying to tell you about. Because there's that grounding within yourself or within themselves. Hallelujah. So these things make up the core of our belief system of the gospel of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. And so what does this mean for the Christian? For, 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 for all we see in Colossians 3, I believe. Colossians 3. It tries to give the picture then of what this means as a Christian. What this means as a Christian. Colossians 3 verse 1 says, or from verse 1 going, says, If then you were raised with Christ. So Paul is talking to people who have understood this method of salvation or this system of salvation. He says, if then you have been raised with Christ, then seek those things which are above, the things that the Lord himself characterizes as life. Seek those things that are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Verse 2 says, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our Lord, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Verse 5, Therefore put to death your members which are on earth. It goes down to talk about things like fornication, last food, and all of that. The point of, of Colossians 3 here is now saying that if indeed now you believe that this gospel resides within you, there's a system, there's a way of understanding, there's a way of life that you now need to what? Live by. Amen? No one, no one that, 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 that has a gap or that has a misrepresentation of the essence of the gospel can live out a life following Jesus. Hallelujah. So, like we said, Reverend Samuel was teaching about an encounter. Reverend Samuel took us through on following. You meet Jesus Christ or you encounter the Lord Jesus, you are exposed to certain realities. Right? The next step now is for you to decide to follow. Many people, and I know some people that have had encounters, and even in the Bible, we've seen where the man who um, told the Lord that he's done everything, so what else should he do? And Christ said that he should give everything away and come and follow him. And then he found it very hard. The man had an encounter. He didn't do the following. Amen? He had an encounter. He did. He did. He did. But he didn't do the following. Hallelujah. Anyone 
that has an encounter has the next step that he has to decide to follow. To follow. And I'll keep reverting back to the, the, the pillars of the gospel where I'm saying that if you understand that these were the steps that go through for salvation, you find it very easy. You find it very easy to then trust in the following. Amen. I know people that, that have had very wonderful encounters, but later on, they, they just you know go by the wayside and whatever. Because though they had the experience, there was nothing of a foundation to hold them through it. And so they couldn't follow. Hallelujah. And I'm not talking about, about like stories or anything. I've had my mates and friends who back in secondary school and even at Shesi, you would see them and I'm, I would even be jealous that, wow, Charlie, these people are able to tarry into the night. They're able to sing, I mean, worship. They are moving things in the spirit. And the next thing you see, they are chasing after the world, indulging in, in, in so many nasty activities. And you wonder that, ah, what happened? This guy said that he went to heaven and came back home. You know, he went to heaven and he came back. He saw an angel. An angel came for him and they went around an excursion. They went to, to their family background. And you wonder that, Charlie, are you, are, you sure you are, you, are you sure you had an experience? And they can describe the things. They can describe their being. They can describe the experience. There's no doubt in what they are saying. There's no lie in what they are saying. But what happened? I mean, I'm sure many of us will think that if right now an angel comes here or comes to talk to you, then, Charlie, no doubt, God is there, right? God exists because you have seen his angel. But the truth is that it's not the vision of an angel that will keep a salvation. It's not. It's in your belief. It's in your conviction. It's in what you know regarding the gospel of Jesus. Oh, are you with me? Amen. So, 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 like we're saying, if now... You, 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 you know about the gospel. If you now know about the gospel or you understand the way the gospel of Jesus Christ is in operation in our lives as believers, what are some of the things that instantly you begin to do? Jesus Christ said that before he ascended, he said, go out there, go out there and teach people in his name, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He's given a picture and I've always wondered, I mean, and for me, I still... I'm trying to learn through because if, if Jesus Christ says, you know, go out there, go ye out and go and preach about me. In my mind, I always feel like, you know, it should be very easy for me to walk out right now and go and talk to the next person I see. But it's not always as easy as the way the word of God is just saying it like that. And I know some of us can also bear witness. And for me, and I'm, that's my personal revelation, it's most likely because in most of the things that I've seen about salvation or I've received through salvation, it's not been a core thing within me. Amen. It's not been a core thing within me. So I've realized that the more I've seek to know what this gospel means for me, what salvation means for me, I can easily, easily then talk to somebody about the gospel of Jesus. Because I, 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 I know the experience, I understand what the essence of the gospel came to do, and I can relate with it. Hallelujah. So anyone that then receives the gospel is able to easily share the gospel with his friends, with your parents, with people who are then wallowing in death and in sin. Hallelujah. Are you still with me? Another thing that the gospel of the Lord does, or once you receive the gospel, is that somehow within you, it stirs within you the appetite to then have an encounter or to have more encounters. If in your case, you received the encounter before, you know, your, 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 your progress. Matthew 15, verse 16, I believe, says that, or Matthew 16, 15, rather. It says that, and he said to them, but who do you say that I am? And he's asking to Angela, he's asking to Lady, he's asking to Mrs. B, he's asking to Erenza, me, that who do you say that I am? He's not saying that who do, who did the bishop say I am? Or who did Erenza, me, preach that I am? Who did you well say that I am? Who do you say that I am? He's seeking to know what you've received as your experience in salvation. Who do you, Robert, say that I am? What is your understanding? What is your relation about the Christ? 
what is your 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 experience or your belief about the gospel because each one of us has been given that special connection or that special act to to receive of Christ for ourselves not through somebody yes you go to church you receive an amount of God and you tap from them or you invite from them but Christ will then look at you like we've all we've seen in the, in the for the judgment day and will begin to interact with you on a one-on-one basis not through the crowd you will not stand stand afar and say oh so what did you guys do no he's referring to you the individual because to each one of us after salvation after our belief he comes to us and says who do you say that I am what is your experience of me what is your belief about me for all the things that I've said and done what is your testimony about it Hallelujah. What is your testimony about it? Because, you see, it's, it's, it's one thing, again, like I said, to, to assume that you are in Zion Impact and Apostle or Bishop or any ordained pastor is preaching very powerfully. And so, what they are saying, you, it's like in your mind, okay, Apostle said it. Bishop said it. Oh, then he's like, I'm, I'm like that. Oh, I know it already. No. Because you then see that now people begin to ask you stuff or people begin to, to say things and you don't have anything to address it. You can't. You can't because you've not had your own understanding, your own salvation through it. Hallelujah. Oh, are you with me? And so for all of us here, for each one of us here, it's 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 also in God's interest, or I'll say in our interest, like the book of Matthew 24. Verse 13 to 14 says, Matthew 24, verse 13 to 14. I'll just read that quickly. It says that, but, let me start from verse, verse 11. Matthew 24, from verse 11 says, Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. Many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Verse 13, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. Verse 14, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached all in the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. Hallelujah. Which, 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 which brings me then to the next thing and what I want to talk about here, and, and like I was saying in the title, that there's the essence of the gospel and the repented heart. Hallelujah. The main thing, or yes, the main thing that sustains, and like we just read from Matthew 24, verse, verse, verse 14 or verse 13. Verse 14, yes, that he who endures to the end shall be saved. Verse 13, shall be saved. The Lord brings a, a, a concept of enduring, which, which I want to talk about now that what sustains. What, what, what sustains the gospel within us? What sustains the gospel within us? The first thing and the, the core thing that, that, that keeps us, that keeps us in the gospel, the first thing is the true knowledge of the gospel of Jesus with the repented heart. I'll take it again. What sustains us or what sustains the gospel within us or the encounter? What sustains the encounter? What enables our following? in our walk with God, is the knowledge of the gospel of Jesus through a repented heart. Take it one more time. What sustains our encounter, what sustains our quest to follow the Lord, is the knowledge of the gospel of Jesus through a repented heart. Amen. Now, with, with, with this, I think... Um, We've all asked this question with ourselves that, you know, if you then say you're giving your life to Christ or the Lord has, has come to turn your life around and things like that, why is it that with time you still find yourself, you know, doing things you don't want to do, uh, imagining things you don't want to imagine and, and all of that? Paul gave us the answer in Galatians 5, I think this. Galatians 5, verse 17. For the flesh lasts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. 
verse 18, but if you are led by the Spirit in the new life that you have, I'm paraphrasing, you are not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are, and again, talks about the various things that you find your bodily self engaged in or battling with. Hallelujah. But the main thing that then causes us to, to strive in our quest to keep our, our relation with the Lord or keep our fellowship with the Lord is the last or the battle that goes on within our flesh and the spirit. Amen. And like I was saying that we've, we've, we've seen people that have gone through things, we've seen people that have had certain encounters, we've seen people that have had certain beliefs that have changed their life, but then over time, they either didn't last long or they began to question themselves because there was a lacking of a true understanding of the gospel and a repentant heart. What is repentance? I think um, um, if you look at the translations that come repentance, there's a word that it gives. It says, it says repentance is the changed mind. A changed mind. The changed mind. Repentance, I think in the Hebrew or Greek, one of those interpretations, uh, mentions that is the metanoia. Metanoia, which simply just talks about the mind after. The mind after. Repentance being a change of your mind. The first messages that came were right before the Lord um, began his ministry. We had John the Baptist preaching something that the Lord took over as well. In Matthew 3, we see that John the Baptist was preaching about what? Repenting. For the kingdom of God is at hand. Hallelujah. And then in Matthew 4 as well, Jesus Christ came and the first thing that he began to talk about was the same thing. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. What they were doing here is that they were setting the tone of a different system of belief, of a different system of understanding because of what the Lord had come to do. Amen. Are you still with me? Are you still with me? Now, repentance in itself, in itself, is not something that we do naturally. It's not something that we, 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 we attain instantly. The Bible says that repentance actually is a gift. Hallelujah. And we can see that in the book of Acts 5, verse 31. Acts 5, 31. It says, Him God has exalted to his right hand to be the prince and savior, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. To give repentance to Israel. If you also look at the book of 2 Timothy 2, verse 25, it says that in humility, correcting those who are in opposition, if God, perhaps, will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth. And then we can also look at Acts 11, verse 18. That says that when they heard these things, they became silent and they glorified God, saying, then God has also granted to the Gentiles repentance to life. Hallelujah. Repentance in itself is as a gift unto us. And this gift does not come, or of course, a gift is given by someone. And we are told that the gift is received when you embark on following Christ, when you embark on believing on the gospel of Jesus. Hallelujah. On following and believing on the gospel of Jesus. Then you are gifted repentance. Because it's not something that you can decide to then say, from today onwards, I'm not going to live a kind of life that I'm not supposed to. Hallelujah. The Bible paints a very beautiful picture in Luke 9, verse 62, where it talks about, if any man puts his hand to the plow and he begins to work, he turns back, he's not fit for the kingdom. If today somebody tells me that he's going to now do A, B, and C, and for some reason, he now begins to, to question what he's doing or what he's, he, he thinks he's understanding. The Bible is saying that he's not fit. He's not fit. Because what he's simply saying is that what you are claiming to now follow or what you are claiming to now follow after is questionable. Amen? There's nothing in the Bible that speaks or praises compromise. That speaks or praises compromise. I think one time I was speaking to somebody and the person was saying that um, he doesn't like the way I I I I I was, I think I was teaching him something or so. And later on, I realized that he was sad about it. Like, I think he was feeling bad for the way I made him feel or so. Initially, I was, I was 
sad about it that wow like i've really hurt some of these feelings but then later on i i, I couldn't bother to be honest i couldn't bother because what he was saying was that it looks like for me whenever i'm i'm, I'm dealing with, with him it seems that there's no room for excuse and i mean initially i was thinking that okay fine, am i supposed to you know massage the thing or make it look like it's possible that there's another way or something but it's the same thing that we're seeing here in Luke 962 there's no space of compromise in following Jesus there's no space and so Christ can boldly and this I don't know up to now whether this is is literal or it has a meaning can boldly tell you that okay you saying that father let me go and bury my father and mother and I'll come and follow you and he said let the dead bury their dead I don't know if it means that really, really, some, your daddy dies or my dad dies. If you leave them in the mortuary somewhere <laughs> and go and follow him, I, I'm not sure. Now I don't want to profess that. That's I understand that. But in all these illustrations, what we are seeing, what we can be setting off here is that the Lord does not give room for compromise. He doesn't. But when we compromise, then we allow ourselves, or we allow ourselves to be given to the effects of compromising. And for that, God will definitely send his messengers or send his, his grace once in a while to try and restore you. But God in himself does not speak or dwell on that thing on compromise. It doesn't exist. So you then tell us that any man that puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. It's not child's play. Because we've seen, again, from the tenets of the, of the gospel, there are things that the Lord has gone through and there are things that have been set in time and so, if we now begin to, to, to meddle in things that touch on compromise, it affects you. Not, it doesn't affect God, it affects you. Hallelujah. And so, there's little room for us to compromise on the belief and the core of the salvation that we have received. Amen. There's no room, or there's little, there's, there's no room about it. There, 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 there's this picture that, that's painted, I think, in um, the Old Testament. You know, when people sin, they, they, they'll just run out of the, the room and then they'll just tear their clothes or they'll shave all their hair and say that they are, they are in a state of solemnness or they are, they are in repentance. And that's the Old Testament where um, somebody sins, somebody does something, and either they're going to stone the person or they're going to rend their garments or, or, or whatever. And then, oh, let's let me let's 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 read that verse. It's in the book of Genesis 37. Genesis 37, verse 34. It says, Yes. Then Jacob tore his clothes, put sackcloth on his waist, and mourned for his son many days. And then if you go to Joel, Joel 2, verse 13. Joel 2, verse 13. It says that. So rend your heart, not your garment. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and he relents from doing harm. Hallelujah. In the Old Testament, and I mean, Joel was also beyond the law when the prophets came. So Joel was in the context of after the time of the law, in, 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 as part of the prophets, where we are saying that many people hid under the atmosphere, under the covenant of them just uttering or saying that they've repented. And well, from whatever sacrifice that was done, it seemed to have been accepted by God's grace and by God's mercy. But the error now is not that you would proclaim repentance through your lips or with your lips. You don't proclaim repentance through saying or by buying a gift and give to a man of God to show that indeed you've turned around your ways or you've changed. True repentance comes from within. Like Joel is saying, I rend your heart. He's not, you're not rending, you're not tearing apart your garments. You are tearing apart your heart because that is what lies, or that's where true repentance lies in. Hallelujah. And for, 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 for many of us, it's difficult, it's difficult, it's difficult to constantly be in a space where you are turned away from your desires or your earlier desires to now the new life you have in Christ. And I say this very passionately because I've seen it so many times that a lot of people run into Christ or run into Christianity and without taking time to understand what they've walked into, they 
easily, easily are swayed away by the world's whispers or by the world's material things. Amen. Be- and uh, like I think yesterday, like uh, Sue was saying, for many in Christ, Apostle was teaching about the fact that when God gives you wealth, it's not necessarily because he wants you to just chill around, but it's for a greater agenda. Amen. And there are just many times that people receive God's kingdom. They receive God's ways. They receive God's salvation. And through so many fickle things, they now lose things. They now question themselves as to what really have I believing in? Is there anything that is really, you know, makes sense or has any effect on my life so far? Because their essence or the, the, the true understanding of the gospel, they didn't have it. They didn't have it. We've seen in the, from the parable of the sower when the Lord describes the various um, grounds and the, and, the, and the various hearts that that he depicts by when the word of God comes. So the thorny ground, the by the wayside, and then by the heart. Hallelujah. These are all depictions that show the way you receive the kingdom of God. And yesterday I was saying something during MIC that God's word is not a finished product. The word of God is always a seed. It's not a finished product. So that seed needs to take time to germinate. You cannot receive God's word as a finished product. When you even receive prophecies, I'm also telling you that there are, there are things you need to now pray on or fight with or engage in warfare with. God's word never comes as an established thing. It comes as a seed through which different things will now allow to be growing. To be growing. And so the moment that you assume that you, you, you've, you've taken comprehension or you've taken some form of stance by just knowing that the Lord is my Savior and so my life is turned around, you begin to err because there's some level of understanding and grounding and patience that you need to walk with during salvation. So like we read earlier that he who survives until the end will then be saved. It's not instant. It's not instant. Hallelujah. And so these are things that, 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 that we, are, we, are, we, are, we are warned about through God's word to be careful of how we hear, how we hear things and how we understand things. Hallelujah. I don't know how, many, how, how, how we truly receive salvation and by God's grace we are blessed with my, many mighty men of God in our ministry that speak of God's authentic word. But it's up to us honestly to receive and know and touch the word of God for ourselves. To have our own experience, to know what God is saying and what God requires of us. Hallelujah. And that's the only way that we can gain our ground. That's the only way that we can gain our ground. Because once we fail, once we fail to live a life that is of repentance, like we said earlier, there are, there are repercussions or there are effects to it. We look at how lots, and this might, yes, we look at how lots, lots wife, was told by the angels to not look back and then she's beginning to run, she's moving, she's moving and then she turns to look at Sodom or the destruction of Sodom and then instantly she's turning into a pillar of salt. Similarly, then the Lord tells you that if you put your hand to the plow and you look back, you're not fit. There's just something and I, I don't know where that comes from but there's just something that when you decide now that you live a life that is led by God's spirit, that is influenced by God's word, that is shaped by God's instruction, and you begin to doubt, you begin to turn back to the things that you know are of old. You begin, in like an illustration, to turn into salt. You begin to be stagnant. There's some death that begins to form around you because the core of salvation, the core of a belief, the core of why you are following Christ, the understanding to which you are, which you are doing things, your understanding into the resurrected life in Christ Jesus is beginning to dwindle. That faith, that understanding is beginning to move away. And so you look about one second, you move two steps, three steps forward, you look back one minute, and the next thing you know, you've lost everything. Because, again, like I was saying, there's honestly, honestly, no tr- no way or no room for compromise. And the other day, I think Bishop was giving, or reminding us about a verse, I think it was Bishop or Ryan, I think it was Bishop, where he said that there's something the Lord said that's very scary, and he tells us that if the days of this world or the latter days of this world were not shortened even God's elect will not make it 
they should tell you something because we're talking about God's selected, God's own. If God didn't shorten the days or, 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 or cut short the ways in which the world seems to be having a growing influence on people, you miss it. You miss it. Hallelujah. There's no room, there's no room, child of God, for compromise. There's no room for compromise. If you look at Galatians 1, verse 6 to 12, it says, and I think Paul to the people of Galatia was expecting to see something, some kind of life through them. When he went there, he was surprised. Galatians 6, Galatians 1, from verse 6 says, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel. To a different gospel, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. Verse 8, but even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let them be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. For do, for do, for do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I still please men, I will not be a born servant of Christ. Hallelujah. So like Paul has said it right here, there's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a path that puts you on deviation. Amen. And one time that Bishop was teaching me, he made mention of the fact that when you are being manipulated and you know that you are being manipulated, then it's not manipulation. Because manipulation in itself, you are not aware that you are being manipulated. Right? And they are not far-fetched things. They are not far-fetched things. But the point that Paul was making to them, that if anybody begins to preach something different from what he has taught you, or from what you know, or even an angel comes to tell you something that is not in line with the gospel that he was teaching them, or that you and I now know, let the person be accursed. Because it's very easy now to have different ways of understanding of the gospel, or the true essence of what keeps you as a believer. And when nothing is tampered with, when nothing is, 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 is questioned, your salvation now becomes very questionable. Your salvation now becomes very intangible. Because what you thought you knew, or what the way that you thought that the gospel was supposed to mold your life, when you don't see things going a particular way that you assume it should go, then you assume that you've not received of the Lord, or you've not received of the gospel of Christ. But Paul is saying that anything or anyone that will sway you away from the common message that he knows or that we all know, let that thing be our case. I don't know what, 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 what things you, you, you receive into your understanding. I don't know what things that you, 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 you hear whenever the word of God comes. I don't know your understanding that, that, that you dwell with. But I pray for us that whatever that God has or God has planned that we, we abide in understanding things that will keep us to the very end that is what we shall keep within ourselves amen and 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 again we we, we know of many truths we know of many instances but we know of many many words that, that are released into our lives i don't know how many of us will be able to know that mm, this word of god that has been released is yeah it's actually a word of life or a word of truth or a seed of deception i don't know if if in your quest to actually follow the Lord, you are seeing the Lord in front of you, or you're actually, you keep glancing at the destruction of Sodom. I don't know what understanding that you have with regards to God's word, and what, thank you, Sylvia, and what you, 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 you receive through it. But I want us this morning to have a self-reflection and ask ourselves, when the word of the Lord was released, or when God's, when the gospel of, the, of Christ is, is, is released, what is our understanding what have we really told ourselves that indeed this is true and so i'll live a different life or this is true and so the way now i'll relate with my brother or my sister will be different anytime that you are tempted into having a kind of understanding or mindset about somebody else or about different things you are influenced by the spirit of god to know that this is not the way and so keep following the lord keep following the lord keep following the lord why because only you have the core and have the belief of what really it means to have the gospel of Jesus. Hallelujah. Honest to be on our feet.
Finally, finally, Romans 12 verse 2 says that, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Repentance, like we said. By the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You cannot know the good and acceptable will of God if your mind is not renewed. If you are not having a change of mind after you've received the essence of the gospel of Christ with a repentant heart. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's just pray. On that to pray, and we're asking God that whatever that it is that that seems to be seeds of deceit, seems to be seeds of 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 misunderstanding, that will cause our faith to dwindle, that will cause our, our belief in God to be tainted. We are praying that the Lord Himself, through His grace, shall constantly be giving us words of truth, words of reminding words that will, will, will teach us to know that the blood of Christ is the only thing that has brought us salvation, that the way in Christ is the only way that can lead us into truth and that can lead us into righteousness, that is only the truth of the Lord that will put you on a place that is acceptable and according to the will of God. Just listen first and let's pray briefly in the name of Jesus. Father, we ask for God. We ask for God. Now, Lord, you keep us, O oh God, on the right path. Keep us, O oh God, for truth, O oh God, through your Son, O oh Lord. In the name of Jesus. Father, we ask, O oh God, that even as we come before you each time, O oh God, Lord, break our hearts, O oh God, mold us, O oh God, that, Lord, we shall receive, O oh God, in the wisdom, O oh God, in the direction, O oh God, that, Lord, you have for us. May your counsel, O oh God, may your counsel alone, O oh God, be that which keeps us, O oh God, be that which, O oh God, instructs and guides us, O oh God. Father, let your way, O oh God, be seen in our lives, O oh God. May we know you, O oh God, tangibly, O oh God, that, Father, we shall testify, O oh God, to our brethren, O oh God, and they shall believe. I pray, O oh God, alone, let your hand, O oh God, feed us, O oh God. Let your word, O oh Lord, receive, O oh God, by our hearts, O oh God. I declare that, Father, nothing, O oh God, nothing that the enemy shall sow in our hearts, O oh God, to bring competition, O oh God, with your word, shall survive, O oh God. And I declare that, Lord, may your hand, O oh God, rescue us, O oh God, from the deceit of the enemy, from the manipulation of the enemy, O oh God. In the name of Jesus, Father, speak to us, O God. Lord, never leave us, O God. May your presence, O God, may your power, O God, may your spirit, O God, forever lead us, O God, forever guide us, O God. The Lord, anything, O God, that is aside your will, that is aside, O God, your perfect will for us, O God, may be cursed, O God, in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, O God, create in us, O God, a revival, O God, create in us, O God, a heightened understanding, O God, Lord, into your truth, O God, into your truth, O God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Ramanda Kayan Delebe, Libalabatos Karanda Kapalabarapa, Ramanda Kayan Delebe, Libalabatos Karanda Kapalabarapa, Ramanda Kayan Delebe, Libalabatos Karanda Kapalabarapa,
Zion Impact Ministry.